You are listening to the Shit You Can't Make Up podcast, a conversation with friends, hosted by Marisol Sanchez. Hey folks, this is Sean, the producer of this episode. You'll hear from me at the end. Just a tiny setup. In this episode, we catch up with Marisol in mid-conversation with her daughter, Heather. Enjoy. I seriously was on the drive up. I got the little message in my phone that you were walking the dog. You get a message that I'm walking the dog. <laughs> Wait, a what? Are you what? No, you know how I get the message when you leave. Oh the, yeah, you're the tracker. My mom tracks me. I don't track you. That's it's like all very I do. big brothery. No, you. What is the? I'm under constant surveillance. <laughs> I can't violate my parole or else. <laughs> no, um, that's kind of true. It's all very. Not the parole thing. Just the parole. Just the SS. Everybody's watching. SS is a little harsh. That's like I mean, German, German Nazis. <laughs> no, German no, Nazis. Not, I'm in like Big Brother. Okay, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call my mom a Nazi. Oh, dang it. It's like the second time today, too. I just <laughs> gotta stop doing that. Well, I was thinking. <laughs> I honestly was thinking on the ride up park getting here. Because um, I called you and said, oh, do you want to go ahead and practice with the new equipment? We can go up and do a podcast. And so I got the message that you were walking down. I was like, you know, she's such a good girl. Like, you really are a good girl. You're doing a chore. You, know, you have the chore yes. of walking Jeffrey. You've been home. What I am hoping and guessing was doing your homework in of your room. Of course. <laughs> have you met me? That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's why you were suspicious. <laughs> uh, hoping. I wasn't suspicious. <laughs> I used positive, uplifting language. Um, I was thinking, you're just, I'm really lucky. All my kids, I, I, I have so much to be grateful for when it comes to all three of you. Um, so, I'll let you take the lead now. Oh, what would you like God. to discuss? I don't know. You were the one that invited me up here, so just why don't you just throw a topic out there? Um, well, if we're going to do this for my podcast, I would love to talk about, um, Mean Girls. Mean Girls? Oh, yeah. I'm such a bitch. Like, I, I'm, oh my god, I just, the face my mom just made when I said that word. <laughs> Not comfortable. Okay. I don't know, does that make me inauthentic? Because it's not I like I haven't heard you say it, or that I haven't even used it myself. But I don't know. Well, let's just talk that out. Just the idea of you, you know, saying that and it being heard makes me, as a mother, my heart, like... So can I call other people bitches? Or can I just, like... <laughs> or is it, is it all context? Because I know sometimes I'll be like, I'll say something and you'd be like, oh, haha. And then the next time I say it, you'd be like... No. Well, I'm probably not consistent, if I'm going to be honest, but because I curse. I mean, the name of my podcast yes. is Shit You Can't Make Up, so I'm <gasps> not going to pretend. Mom! <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you are funny. I That's know. why I told you you should have your own podcast. Um, uh, okay. What was I saying? So, yeah, so I don't want to um, pretend that you know, I just recording you saying that in a conversation with me, which is probably how we actually do speak to each other, not call each other bitches. We don't do that, but probably use that word in our um, conversations. I, it's all about, for me, it's always about context. 
how it's used. If someone's using it in a derogatory, um, misogynistic way, I kind of get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, to use it as an adjective or a description, it's like, okay, you, I understand what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> like, you saved yourself, you know, five minutes of dialogue by using the word. So, I don't know. It's a complicated, not a yes, no, and I guess it's too late. It's on, ooh. <laughs> okay, well, um. You just gave me a look. Um, that's because she's also editing this podcast. So I made some movement with my hands and uh, she just gave me a look. So yeah, that's a long answer to your question, which I didn't even know. I don't even, I didn't even know I asked a question. Right? I think you asked yourself a question. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) I'm going to start talking now. (laughs) Oh my. Uh, Mean girls. Are you one? Oops. Sorry. That was you? Okay. That was was terrifying. Um, um, no, I'm not. Well, like, every teenage girl I've ever met, including me, is, like, just mean. Like, I'm not mean. Like, I think I'm actually really nice, and I try to, like, reach out to people, like, and, like, be friendly, and I don't like confrontation. Like, I'm such a wuss. I'll just be like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> so, like, I am very, in my opinion, nice, but I sound like a narcissist now, so... I don't know how to talk about myself, but the majority... I'm wonderful at it. (laughs) That was my joke. Okay, I just didn't get the joke. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) She thought I was being offended. I just didn't understand the joke. No, if you listen to the podcast, I talk about myself a lot. Or the blog, but you don't. Or real life, or every day when I get in the car. Okay. Oh my gosh, okay. I'm going to be silent for the rest of this recording. I didn't say anything. See, this is why I'm not sure we can do podcasts together. Oh, sorry. You're a very good editor. I know. Well, Um, I've never tried this before, so who knows? These little sides that we're having is because she's wearing the headphones, so she can hear um, everything. And as many, many of you have complained to me about my previous podcast... I did not pay attention to sound or uh, anything, so she's doing that. She has the headphones, and she can hear every little noise I make, and she gives me a look. So that's what the look she gave me was. And then I gave her a look earlier when she used the word bitch. Then I made a joke, a self, is it self-effacing? Is that how you call it? Uh, I have no idea. Like when someone makes a joke about themselves? Um egotistical <laughs> vain <laughs> conceited um, and then we showed you a little bit of our dynamic <laughs> which was an I get her <laughs> she, um, I know that you guys probably can't tell from the recording but she's currently beating me <laughs> as we're speaking oh my god Okay, just in case this ever gets played for a judge, could you clear it? Okay, my mom's not beating me. Please don't send me away. (laughs) Um, All right, so Mean Girls. So you think, wait, I thought that was something interesting. You said you think all girls um, are inherently, I mean, guys, too. Like, people are just negative, like me, especially when they're teenagers. It's what they're conditioned to do. It's what girls are conditioned to do. 
you don't know how many conversations I've had with a girl where she started out like, I mean, I don't want to talk crap, but, and then gone on to just eviscerate somebody else and, like, just, it's, like, a thing that everybody does. Everybody talks crap. I've had crap talked about me, um, and that's the thing, is that the difference between a mean girl and your friend is that your friend will be like, yeah, I was talking crap about you, or they'll, like, you know, like, they'll either own up to it or, like, try and limit the damage and make sure other people aren't being new mean a mean girl will just be like yeah that bitch like she will just go behind your back in a million different ways see i think that's interesting because see my when i think of mean girl or what i was going to write about um about mean girls is a mean girl to me is that archetype the girl that has the quick that has to isolate to feel better like she has yeah. to i think it also comes out of a place of insecurity i know it's like such a cliche but like if you're like confident then there's no reason that you should be mean to someone like just for no reason so it's so i i hear what you're saying about inherently and i agree with you i think um all women are conditioned to um to be not necessarily mean girls, but be catty and competitive, and um, it's it's definitely something you don't see in the you know patriarchy. They're not mm-hmm. out there. Guys are just. I'm gonna be real. It's like girls are catty to each other, and then all the guys I know are just like super like racist, and that's like their thing. Like they are allowed to be jerks in that respect that and they have no respect for girls like it's a very different turn like everybody's an asshole okay (laughs) i literally paused and mouthed the word so she'd be okay with it and then i said it and she still was like my baby um but yeah i think that what was i talking about um oh shockingly you were saying that guys are racist misogynist i believe is what i was Yeah, and then the girls are kind of mean to each other. Like, everyone's an asshole, but it just, it's, it's the way, it seems to be very specific to who you are, to who you're an asshole to. I was shocked when you told me, I mean, I I don't want to generalize a whole group of people as racist or, um, you know, assholes or a gender that way, or a whole, you know, gender as, you know, bitches, mean girls, um... But I was shocked because the racist thing, like, normally I can. What? Okay. Uh, we live in North Carolina, by the way, which isn't exactly the most liberal minded state in okay. the world. So, like, keep that in mind. But um, I was shocked when you told me some of the things that people said around you because I've never heard that, like, in my. Uh, we were talking about. Some people were calling the previous first lady, Michelle Obama, a monkey or an ape. A monkey, an ape, yeah. And, and that's that, very common. Like that, that sh- and that appalled me. Like mm-hmm. appall, like made my stomach drop to the floor. Like because that's not something people I know. I have to do like a rolodex in my head. I'm almost eighty nine point nine percent sure wouldn't say that mm-hmm. um, to describe what I consider to be a lovely, obviously wonderful mother. Um, I don't know. I I find that shocking. So that's, 
Well, another thing, because I'm very liberal-minded. I was raised by two pretty liberal parents. So even to me, the first time I see some of this stuff, I'm like, oh, my God. And then over time, it's you just get used to it because it's like what you're going to do if you fight every fight and you stand up for every disenfranchised person. I wouldn't have friends. I would never stop talking. Like, it's just something that you feel like you can't do in high school, especially, like, in a place where I live where everybody is just, like, like everybody's just okay with it. Like, it's – and it's – I don't know. You were even saying you saw some adults. I mean, it wasn't just the kids, which is always true because kids yeah. learn behaviors from their parents. So say that in your presence. I, again, I was just kind of, you know, surprised I, by that. I remember the first time I, like, got that in high school. Because I, like, was used – at this point, I was used to, like, white kids just, like, saying the N-word and, you know, just the casual kind of stuff or the occasional joke. But, um – the first time I saw this, uh, the kids were taking willow branches, which if you have never seen a willow tree, they're like these long, thin branches that can be whipped, you know, like a whip. And then they'd go up behind, like, all the black kids out of school and do that and then say, like, get back to the cotton fields or something. And that's, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's happened my whole, like, that's just a thing that I see literally constantly. Or, like, kids have, there's an app on a phone you can get, so if you make, like, a whip movement with your phone, it'll make the crack sound, and kids will go up, like, behind the black kids in my school and just do that. And what do the black kids... Well, they're either doing it to people who are, like, their quote-unquote friends, and they're just like, hey, get out of here, man, or, like, give them a punch on the shoulder, or they're doing it to, like, the weaker black kids who can't fight it back. That's just... Because it's like, if you're some, like, small kid, and you just a what group of giant white guys came up to you and did that you'd run away you'd be like okay and then you you know just for the record can you hear me yeah i was just gonna say in case something god forbid were to happen to me i would like my children to know that going behind a african-american person black person friend or not and making the whip sound cracking sound and saying things like get back mm-hmm. to the conveyor is unacceptable. Like it would disappoint me. Yeah. I would turn over <laughs> in my grave. I that's just um just so we're clear. Because we I don't I, condone this. I get that. And I'm not I get also your point about you can't fight every fight. You know, and I think that's something as you get older you figure out how you show up to the world and that's um Hopefully, you know, you know not to do stuff like that. I remember, this, I just got told the story yesterday, when I had two friends, two female friends, and a guy told them a racist joke, and they just acted confused, and they were like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, basically, the premise of the joke was him just comparing black people to monkeys, and so they were oh like, why? Like, I don't understand why, like, but like, monkeys aren't people like like just acting like they didn't get it and eventually he was just kind of like i don't i can't they're like can you just like like explain it and he goes no it's 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 offensive like under his breath and basically got (laughs) shamed into like and then this black kid walked up behind him and was like hey y'all what's up he's like and they're like he's just trying to explain this joke to us and he's like oh uh uh, i gotta go and like ran out of the room and i just i think that's see i think that's a beautiful way of handling it and showing up i do i think that's brilliant actually um whoever those two friends are i like them because that's uh that's and that's an interesting way to deal with that. Um, I don't know. I, 
I hear things all the time that, not at the moment, but later on, I'll think to myself, wow, you know, was that racist? (laughs) Even things I've thought myself, like sometimes when I speak of white people, and I say that to you being a... I am a white person. (laughs) I've actually, it's funny, because I'm very white. I have white friends who are wider, like, darker than I am. Like, I am one of the whitest people you will ever see. My dad's English, and I take after him a lot. I don't know if you know this, but I recently had a quinceanera. (laughs) So, (laughs) you can't laugh every time I say that sentence, because that just makes me feel bad. But the people who went there, like, went to my party and met my family were like, oh, yeah, this girl's legit Latin. Like, they saw, like, my family, and they experienced that, and they listened to Spanish music and all that stuff. But the people that didn't go, um, I've recently re- learned that my nickname is that <laughs> fake Mexican girl. <laughs> and there's several kids in one of my classes who'll be like, who like, like they'll start like roasting each other, and then suddenly be like, "At least I'm not a fake Mexican like Heather." And I'm like, "I've never said I was Mexican." <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, that's, well, it's hilarious on so many levels, not just one. Like the fact that they go to Mexican, like we're Honduran and Spanish. Different continents, people. <laughs> There's lots and lots. I know the Mexican thing is hilarious. Um, I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know what? I put something up yesterday with Cinco de Mayo. And that's always the funniest because, you know, all these funny memes and everyone's celebrating Cinco de Mayo. And I'm like, okay, but tomorrow we're going to go back to build the wall. Build. It's like, mm. uh, I Yesterday, Cinco de Mayo is one of my favorite holidays because it is, especially where I live, like in North Carolina, where people don't get history at all. They're like, Independence Day or whatever. Like, what Cinco de Mayo is, I think. Like, don't quote me on this at all because I'm a foolish white person that doesn't get, like, I don't understand to my knowledge, it's like them winning a battle against the French or like winning a war against the French. Was it the French or the Spanish? I think it was the French or the Spanish. Like them winning some battle. People don't understand that. We'll look it up and then we'll get back to you because we're probably <laughs> both wrong. Hashtag worst Mexicans. We're the worst Mexicans. <laughs> Actually, I do know the story of Cinco de Mayo, but uh, the details escape but, me. I, yesterday I was going through my feed and it was even people who I consider very close personal friends that I don't think are stupid were posting like, like I was looking at my phone and I was with my friend to go, somebody had posted something with them and their friends like at a, like some restaurant. Um, and they like comment, like they put under it like happy Cinco de Mayo. And then I look closer and I go, oh my God. And my friend goes, what? I go, they're at Moe's. She's like, no, they're not. And I was like, yes, they are. They're celebrating Cinco de Mayo by eating fake Mexican food. Like, it was just... And just as a side note, Lola, your younger sister, who's 11, got on the cart yesterday and said, um, and starts telling me the story of Cinco de Mayo and the war. So I, we do know <laughs> the But we don't listen to her, so... <laughs> Again, it's not that. I'm just bad at details. <laughs> you were right. You were right. Battle of Puebla was a victory over the French um, on May 5th, 1862. Um, yeah, that's a weird... Like, you know what's weird? I don't know if it's weird. And again, I don't even know if it's racist, but I find it to be true. Something that Americans don't do is well is know about um, other 
countries, politics, no. cultures. We barely know about our own country. Are you paying attention to the French I've, um, I elections? know some of this, but I literally only know anything because I watched John Oliver's amazing segment on it. So that's literally the only reason I know about it. Well, um, so there's two candidates. There's it's the election there's tomorrow. So by the time this is yeah. done, the election will be over. But did you hear what happened today? No. Um, okay, so, so continue. You you ha- you even know their names, which is more it's details than me. Marie Le Pen and then another man. And um, I, the way it's been described to me is one of them is generally inoffensive and unappealing to pretty much everyone. And then Marie Le Pen, who comes from a long line of racists, who is very much like the French female Trump, who's like, women shouldn't be able to wear hijabs, hijabs in public, which is a weird thing that France is fighting for and keeps fighting for, but it's this whole thing where like France is like a super non-secular society. Like you should, They're like, you should be able to wear a cross either. Like, it's weird. But she's like, you shouldn't be able to wear hijab. Like, we shouldn't bring, bring be bringing immigrants into France. And she uses this one quote where she's like, they're going to come into your house and brutalize your wife and steal your wallpaper or something like that. <laughs> and it was just like, what? you? She's endorsed by Trump. Endorsed by Trump. She's like, her father's insane. Like, she had to kick her own father out of her party because of how just insanely, like, racist he was. And then the um, male candidate, what is probably the most titillating fact about him and is one of the reasons I love the French is um, is married to his old old teacher dirt. she's like she's 20 21 yeah 21 like, it's the same age difference as Melania and Trump yes but, but she's he, 21 years old she met him because he was a teacher at school he was she was his teacher she was his teacher yeah and they had an affair she had three children and um you know, the heart wants what the heart wants, <laughs> apparently, and they're married, and they were, it looked like, uh, on track for possibly being the new president and first lady of France, and surprise, surprise, what happens today, emails were leaked. <gasps> I've seen this play before. <laughs> what was it? Oh, yeah. Jeez, France, you're so, like, two elections <laughs> behind. Like, catch up. Can't Russia hack you? In a different way? No, it's um, it's messed up. But, um, yeah, so going back, I, I think that um, Americans don't do that well. But I think our news is just horrible. No, it's also, our news is horrible. The U.S., I think, before we start focusing on foreign policy, we have to understand um, American. And this is, I will, this is going to become a completely different tangent because I have a lot to say on this. But it's like... If you took someone from, like, rural Kansas, like, in, like, an oil refinery town with, like, 2,000 people and somebody from Los Angeles, they and you switched their lives for even two days, that would just be crazy for both of them. Like, rural America, rural, rural? It's a hard one to pronounce. Rural, rural America and, like, the big cities have such an insane divide between them. And I've heard it, like, said that that's the difference between America and Europe, is that after World War II, Europe started a lot of, like, campaigns to get students traveling in around Europe and, like, meeting people from Germany and Austria and England and France, like, going around and meeting people because you're a lot less likely to battle someone if you've met them and if you've, like, spent time in that country we don't do that in the U.S. Like, that's why I think that people were so shocked when Trump was elected. Because 
they don't understand a whole segment of the population. Like, if you look at a map, just demographically, like, left and right, this country is mostly red. Like, if you just took it out of a map, you didn't take population into, like, account, it would be a sea of red, and the Democratic Party looks like a fringe movement, like, coming out of, like, these big cities, you know? Like, it's crazy, and yet, if you look at the television, you look at TV, you look at movies and stuff, it all takes place in New York, or... London or Los Angeles or something like that. And if it is does take place in a small town, it's making fun of that small town. Mm, not always. I mean, well, Dawson's I, Creek was filmed here and it wasn't making fun. I mean, I know, the but dialogue. this isn't a small town. You think, I'm talking like 2,000 person, oh, like oil. Like, I'm talking like Rust Belt town. What I call the slip my wrist town? Yes, which is awful. <laughs> you realize how like horrendously <laughs> terrible that is, right? I'm not, that's the writer in me. That's just a description of it. I wouldn't actually do it. It's when I drive through a town like that, that's the words that float into my head. It's not something I come from the heart. And obviously in this day and age, post, you know, 13, what is it called? Reasons why I'm not advocating <clears throat> suicide in any way. It's just the the my language that's the idea that most people have of it is slit your wrist towns where it's like these people aren't real people they i didn't say that i I would but that's generally no but you're no you're taking my context and switching it my context is if i live there putting myself through what a typical day like that Mm -hmm. living there would be that's why i say that it's it comes from a place of compassion and of not understanding it, but at least I understand enough to know it's complete. I'm not, I am grateful mm-hmm. that, but I also understand, like, there's this wonderful book, um, what's the deal with Kansas or what's wrong with Kansas? And it talks to the exact point that you, and it was written years ago. It was written, Matt Talby from the Rolling Stones, I think, wrote it. And if I remember someone's name, that's pretty, that's how much that book affected my politics because it made, to your point, understand those people in those rural towns, their life is completely different. I mean, it's completely... It's, it's some, completely different. It's some... It, you can even say it's closer to... <clears throat> I mean, it's... Well, the, I, the, another thing that it's like... It's, so there is that separation. And then once you take that separation into account of, like, big city, it's rural living, then if you look at TV, like I said, everything takes place in New York. And like the redneck hillbilly that is like the last segment of the population for some reason that we're just allowed to no holds barred make fun of like nascar you know they're all inbred duck like dynasty. Duck, duck dynasty like everything in our pop culture is meant to shame these people and it's like no they they go through a lot of what the inner cities went through but there's no campaign to get rural kids into better schools like it's most of these towns don't like if and we don't even help. We am saying as a, as elitist liberals, mm-hmm. we don't even really help. We don't try to understand mm-hmm. them. We don't. We just condescend. We're like, well, don't buy stuff at Walmart anymore, and you'll be yeah. economy will be like. Fixed. Honestly, if I was like a, if I could, you know, had a magic wand and could make up like philanthropy, um, what not? That's I didn't use that in the proper, yes. but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If I could make up a charity. Which I guess I could is I would you can love make to, up anything. <laughs> no, is is I would love to do something where it would bring the arts to communities like that because the arts, like you go see Wicked once, you've never seen it. It's not something it could broaden your perspective. There's the arts can do things that to teach kids 
that there's a greater world than the life that they live if I, it's introduced to them. Um, and it, that's something that they never get a, a taste of. If um, I feel so condescending right now because you're from Miami and I grew up in Wilmington, which isn't a huge place, but like it's big enough. There's like see to me, it's a small town. She don't her small time. She grew up in Miami. To me, this is like. A pretty, it's like an average to large sized town in the U.S. But if you want to know more about this, because this, I'm explaining this kind of bad. Um, listen to the Cracked podcast. They have two episodes. One's about one's called "What They Don't Want You to Know About Trump Country," and I think the other one's called "My Whole Town Could Fit Inside the Building," like one skyscraper building. And those explain it really well. And they actually talk to people from these towns who are like, I think one of the best examples of like the separation is that if you watch this guy was talking about the breakfast club how there's a part in the breakfast club where the quote-unquote like poor kid who's like you know his family's like screaming at him stuff lives in like a trailer whatever you know like the bad kid who had a rough childhood he was telling a story about how his dad just gave him a carton of cigarettes for his birthday and that was all he got and you know it was like how it was some horrendous thing he's like if my dad got me a box of cigarettes like a carton of cigarettes I would start crying. I was so happy. Like, those things are, like, 60, 70 bucks. Like, I would be like, are we able to afford this? Are you sure? Like, it would be the best day of my life. Because even if you don't smoke, you can sell those and then go. You can, like, sell them loose and then go and maybe buy something you actually want. Like, it's like. But you said go listen to these two. Go Bye. listen to those two podcasts. They're part of the Cracked Podcast, which is an amazing, amazing podcast. Well, like one of my top five it's so you good. listen to a lot of podcasts i listen to a lot of podcasts that's why i think you should have your own podcast you did great you did fantastic today yeah. you made me laugh as you usually do um so i think you did great thank you for doing this with me so um we're gonna wrap it up because we're at the 30 minute mark and um, I know we went all over the place. We didn't really have a plan coming into it, and I, I don't necessarily think that's um, unusual for. <laughs> but it's just like feedback is what we're looking for, like more of this, or like you know, like what could we do better, or like if you want to see more of this, or should I do my own thing? Like, and we don't know what it, it <clears throat> uh, where this is going to be posted, the name of it, or if it's even going to be posted. Yeah. If this is just a practice round. Um, so we don't even have a name for this. It's kind of a prototype, but if we do post it, like, tell us what you think. Yeah, and names. And what? Suggestions for names. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, okay. Or if you have your own. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out Marisol's blog at shityoucantmakeup.com. Or find her on Instagram at Marisol Podcast. And feel free to send her a message with name suggestions for her daughter's podcast. And yes, I'm still Sean the Producer. And you can hear me on my podcast, Dad Son, Conversations Between a Father and a Son, About Something. We'll see you next time.